Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. For another week of the Working Fans Podcast, this is AJ, I'm the former wrestler, we've got Dave the Ultimate Fan here with us, as we do every week, our producer Joe may, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter, that's at FansWorking, Facebook, Working Fans Pod, we've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Boom! It's the man they call Dave. It's producer Joe, Woo! the Working Fans Podcast. We're going to have a little discussion today. Joe doesn't even know I'm going to throw at him, but I want to talk about wrestling companies trading other wrestlers and people working for other promotions i want to talk about possible dream matches i want to talk about what you like from it so far like really has been getting me excited it's kind of funny so obviously the big thing is right everybody's talking about AEW and what they've been doing with impact and now we see new japan involved but i'm kind of enjoying personally as a fan who loves like everything don't forget about the mlw triple a merger you're taking the words out of my mouth Leo Rush is now the MLW middleweight champion, and he's the uh, triple weight. What is it? The junior weight, light heavyweight, cruiserweight. Uh, yeah, I w- whatever sorry. it is, they merged the titles. They merged it, and he's got both. And at the same, time, I thought that was insane that two different companies are putting these titles against each other and yeah. then merging them. Yeah, and it's so great. And oh, by the way, he was also on New, Jan- New Japan Strong this week, losing a great contest, but a competitive contest to El Fantasmo. Like. He How also awesome appeared on GCW's 24-hour fight card there. Right. How awesome it is that this guy like Leo Rush, who had who didn't have a bad run in WWE, by the way. He had the Cruiserweight title. I'm not saying it was ideal, but you know, he, he did hold a title. He was in a big stage at one time. And now, but here he is. He's doing his own thing. He has two different titles. He's appearing in multiple different promotions. And it's like this is a it sucks, guys, that we don't have full crowds right now and everything. But, man, there's a lot of good stuff going on, too. I think that WWE has put a monopoly on so long for working with anybody that now that we're seeing it happen with other promotions, that is the draw. It's not necessarily names. It's, oh, this company's working with this company, and somebody that might not be huge in one company, they get to go over to another one, they get time, they become a huge star. How cool is this, though? Like, but the, for the most part, you got star trading going on. You do, and even it's funny. Like even WWE, though. Like Kenny Omega has talked about recently that he's had discussions with Hunter Hearst Helmsley in the past, and he's talked about the fact, or Triple H, as more people know him as, he's talked about that. Like Triple H's thoughts process on this aren't that far away from what people think, and you know Cody's talked about that. It's not above or out of the question to think that we could work with NXT. Now, I think that's very funny because if you notice, though, 
nobody's saying Vince McMahon's name, right? <laughs> it's Hunter's name that gets mentioned. Yeah, because I would think Hunter is more open to sharing or open to things like that. With Vince, right. there's only one company, and he doesn't even necessarily do wrestling. So right. what company could he match up with that would necessarily reflect his values or push things in a way that he would want Because I think how cool would it be actually now – you know, you got the Wednesday Night Wars. AEW's working with anybody. If you didn't expect it, and, I, and by the way, this is just for good wrestling. This isn't picking a side because I know people like to do that sometimes. But how cool would it be now if NXT said, all right, let's work with Ring of Honor? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, like, you know, like how cool now we have multiple companies on Wednesday Night working with everybody. I mean, arguably, NXT's working with Evolve, but WWE right. doesn't seem to work with anyone that they don't own right. or have, like, heavy investment in sure. behind the scenes or whatever. Right. And that's why I don't think it'll happen, but it would be awesome to see. You know, just I like to see Ring of Honor personally get that shine a little bit. Yeah. It'd be nice to see them be involved. There's just a lot of good talent on there too. WWE has so many people on their roster. They're creating that NXT Evolve show. Yeah. Supposedly. And it's like I know. It's it, nuts. Instead of outsourcing and working with other companies, they're just creating new shows to highlight yeah. the people that they can't show as often. Which is, you know, it's funny too, because I'm not like a really WWE hater necessarily, but I am so happy. That's one of the things I'm so happy that AEW is involved, that we do have another company that's really kind of getting a little more of that shine because, you know, we need not, we need multiple options. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want anything happen to WWE, but I want multiple companies to make money and do great business. And that's why, like, I'm big into AEW. You hear us preaching all the time about MLW. Impact, I think, has been great. Guys, here's a little sidebar for me. This past week, I'm recording this. I watched, I didn't watch Raw, by the way, because that show just been awful since then. But I watched MLW, Impact, NXT, AEW, NXT UK, New Japan Strong, and SmackDown. All this week, folks. <laughs> that is a full week. I mean, we watched Bloodsport last night as and well. Bloodsport. And I also, like, I mean, found time to record multiple podcasts with you, do a live show, and fitting our new commentary job. And, by the way, I own my own business, and I worked seven days last week as well, folks. It's an unprecedented time in wrestling. I mean, an unprecedented time for the podcast as sure. well. And... It's amazing that there is so much variety out there that yeah. we have a chance to cover. Like, let, I mean, let's speak about Bloodsport for a minute. We've been oh, yeah, a fan of the, the series. They're up to Bloodsport 5 as of last night. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing I really liked about that is uh, Davey Boy and Mox had a great contest. The great thing about Bloodsport is that, like, I think Mox put over it. It can end at any time. Even yep. the simplest move can finish it. One thing I, I, I like the Davy Boy Mox match, but I will say one thing I didn't like, I almost didn't like Mox hitting his finisher for the win. Mm. You know what I mean? I almost thought like it kinda I like the legitimacy if it would have ended with a chokehold. Yeah, or to strike. me that almost took the legitimacy of it out yeah. because so much that they do in presenting it yeah. and the way that the fights go down. But, I mean, you drop somebody on their head, a fight oh, yeah. will end. Yes, so. and, that, and it, it didn't end with a pinfall, folks. It still ended with a knockout, and it was blood, and it was super great. And I do have to say, too, one other thing I liked about this, and I'm going to sound like a Mr. Know-it-all now because I didn't say this, but I was thinking, like, as Mox, you know, was winning, I'm like, man, what big fight could they put with him? And I said, you know, it would be cool if they did Josh Barnett. And sure enough, the show ends, and you hear Barnett starting to talk and, you know, narrate things and then you see the graphic 
Mox versus Barnett. I want to say it was April 6th or April 8th. April 6th. It's going to be during that collective show mm. down revolving around WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. And how cool is that? Now we got Barnett versus Mox. And, and you know, we talk about there's, there's the guy, right? Mox. Like, he's being shined up. And he's going to be on New Japan Strong. And he's defending that U.S. title against Kenta. He's doing things with Bloodsport. And he's got an exploding barbed wire match with Kenny Omega. So, super cool. Joe, but I will I said before we, you know, wrap things up, I want to ask you. I want to get back to that okay. Bloodsport right. roster. Calvin Tankman, yes. a beast. Simon Gotch, a good grappler. Who else was on that? Royce Isaacs, Royce former, Isaacs. Yeah. yeah, former guest former of the guest. show. Looked great in that environment. Something totally different than we're used to probably seeing him in the NWA. In the NWA, even though he's part of strictly business, I thought he was more of a Chance to show his personality. You know, he had the thing with Mae Valentine and doing different yeah. things. Here it showed a more of like a no-nonsense side. We're really working on his like almost skills you would see in the ring. Chris Dickinson. I think the only thing that this blood sport lacked was Jeff a ladies' Cobb. fight. Yes, there was a ladies' fight. Jeff Cobb also on the show last night. Yes, because, I mean, what was it? Bloodsport 3... Layla Hirsch was a standout. Yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay Snow. Snow stood out. Yeah, They're yeah. putting together, I mean, Allison K. they have some good women fighters. But, I mean, this was just a solid show. Yeah. I haven't watched four yet. I plan on watching it this afternoon. So, to put a bow on this, I'll ask you, what are some dream matches out of everybody that we know that's working together that you'd like to see? Give me two of them. FTR versus the North, less likely now, but when they when that was first talked about, I was very excited about that. Yeah. I'm going to give you a few because, I mean, FTR versus Myers and Cardona. Yes. That's one I would want to see. Myers and Cardona, I would just like to see them team up. Yeah. I mean, them versus the Bucks, them versus pick any two out of the Dark Order. Cardona, actually, too. I'm sorry, Myers. Don Callis on the latest episode of Talking Shop as we record this actually put over as one of the guys he'd like to see maybe we'll see get pushed that he wants to work with because Don only apparently works with a few people at Impact. They were talking, they were making the joke that you know you're a big uh, a bigger talent if Don Cowles is actually working with you. And he was saying he'd like to work with Myers. He's really been impressed with Myers since coming over to Impact Wrestling. And I think there's some truth to that. You know, sometimes people get on uh, Impact and other companies like, oh, you're getting WWE's rejects. And it's not really fair because sometimes it's how the talent's booked. And I think Myers has shown that. That, you know what, give this guy something else to do, he can perform. Yeah, between Talk and Shop and Mania, he got to show off some kind of personality chops. In Impact, he showed off those wrestling chops, avoided that whole losing streak type business. That I mean, when you get saddled with something like that, it's hard to shake that specter. Even if you change companies, people are going to view you as that guy that took all those L's. 100%. I guess for me, I'll throw this out there because you stuck with uh, tag matches. Big tag fan. Yeah, I'm going to say I'd like to see FTR... Oh man, so like hard to like pick one because they're such 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 a good tag team. Uh, I mean, we could end up getting it. You know, how about FTR versus the Good Brothers? Yeah, you know? I feel like we're almost on a crash course for that. Yeah, you know, I think obviously the Bucks and the Good Brothers is something that's going to potentially happen. So yeah, so much good stuff potentially happen. I still think I would not be surprised if Kenny Omega ends up collecting some belts and we see him as like a Impact World Champion down the road. I I think. It, a lot of it will depend on who wins the upcoming world title between Moose and uh, Rich Swan. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, folks. We're live. And then, I mean, God, there's... 
it, it's almost hard to call what matches you'd like to see because there are so many possibilities at this time. Before, when there was no chance of it, I think it's almost easier to pick this name that'll never face that name right. and then put them up against each other. And now it's like, ooh, everything could possibly be on the table. You don't know yeah. what they're lining up behind the scenes. It It's just the richest time to be a wrestling fan and the easiest time to watch wrestling almost. Throw one at you, too, because you're talking about blood sport. Yes. How cool would uh, Kenta be in blood sport? Like, there's a guy I'd like to see. Ooh, I would like to see him hopefully maybe come in for that blood sport six. And, you know, a lot of these guys are uh, stateside right now, too. And, uh, and hey, good things are happening elsewhere. Like, uh, NXT UK has, oh, man, I'm blanking out her name. Mako. Mako Satamora. Satamora, yep. yeah. Like, she's awesome. So physical. You got Walter over there killing it. So there's just a lot of good wrestling everywhere right now. But I love to see the talent uh, exchanging hands. It's truly awesome. And I think, I don't know, man, I think I'll put a bow on this. I'm just happy to be wrestling fans right now. Yeah, and guys, tune back next week. We've always got big wrestling talk here. As time goes on, I mean, we've got more commentary talk. Knockout TV, we just finished episode 13 today. About to be Renegade TV. And we're we're just so happy to be a part of Renegade Wrestling. I don't. Yeah. We've talked about it, but now that we've got a few episodes under our belt, we're feeling definitely more confidence with calling it. Yeah. Dave, do you find you watch wrestling any different now that you've started to branch into the commentary? No, not for me as much. When I'm wa- actually when I do my prep work, yes. I'll watch the matches. So you got to be in that mindset. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I find that um, when I'm watching, like, everybody else is wrestling, I'm still, I'm taking myself out, and I want to be a fan still. And I'm able to do that. I have I can do that. So. Yeah, and I, I think it's important not to lose that because, yeah. I mean, then at what? Then, I mean, this just becomes another job, right? Yeah, and it's not a job. My uh, business delivering bread, that's a job. That's something that, although I like my job, I have to get paid for. Oh, I don't have yeah. to get paid to like do this podcast. Like, I don't get me wrong. I want to get paid someday. I want to make some money doing this someday. And but, the commentary, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, we also love doing this. Yeah, this we also, fun. yeah. And right now, it's just getting another skill under our belt. Like, we've watched it for so long. We've heard Gordon Soley, Jim Ross, oh, yeah. Michael Cole. We've been critical. Of some of the calls, a few of those guys made. I don't think we've ever been critical of Gordon Soley, but yeah. it's a lot easier said than done because, I mean, watch the episodes. We do a good job, but we are not flawless. No. And, I mean, practice makes perfect. One thing that me and Joe had in common, and we're getting a little sidetracked here, but one thing we had in common right away that felt really good for those who like listening to us or are fans of us is that we didn't talk about this, but we had a lot of the same mindset of calling matches and how you like to bring out the legitimacy of things. And that was just something that was luckily we both had. Yeah, and I think it comes from having those strong role models, like being Jim a Ross, fan of Jim yeah. Ross, being a fan of Cornette, yeah. hearing what these guys that care about the business. If you listen to their podcast every week, it's entertainment. But if you listen to the underlying message they get across – there are things they believe. There are things that they think are important. And if you pay attention to that, you get kind of that legitimacy that they put forth going forward. A thousand percent, yes. It's uh, entertainment, but it's competition, and it's trying to bring that to the forefront and make, now, show everybody it's competitive. Yeah, now, I mean, we got sidetracked here, but, I mean, in the end, I mean, we did create this podcast to talk wrestling. Yes. And 
it's just great that we have such a variety yes. and that we're getting a bigger platform to do this on. And, you know, uh, we're working on it, folks. Uh, we have a Patreon that we haven't uh, put anything out there yet, but we're going to. And, you know, if you want to hear more of us talk about different things in wrestling, deep dive on things, and maybe talk about other topics. Music, you know? movies, yeah. maybe and, other sports. Me and Joe have talked about that we like WandaVision. It's a possibility. I know post wrestling is doing that, but I'll rip them off. I don't give a shit. I'll call it a different name. I won't steal. Yeah, them. I mean, I I wouldn't personally do Wandavision just because they've done it, but that does take an inspiration. Find a series that means something to you, and that would resonate with fans. Yeah. And fans, you guys out there, listen to us. What would you want to hear us talk about that's not wrestling? And yeah. it's important. Yeah. If you listen to this episode, yeah. What we would make need- you pay for us on Patreon? We're not talking about it's a lot of money here, folks, but. Yeah. What would you do, you know? What would you do for a Klondike bar? Yeah. Or what would you do for a Work of Fans podcast? Yeah. But, guys, we really want to hear these responses. So go on our Facebook, email us, hit us on Twitter. It only takes a second. We're not asking that you contribute to the Patreon yet. But give us an idea of what you might want to see, what might interest you. Because, frankly, we're just here to entertain, and to talk more wrestling. So, Dave, that does it for about this week, right? That's the bottom line, you son of a bitch. Because the Working Fans Podcast said so. Do you remember Lance Von Eric from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceByChance.com. Welcome back for another week of the 531, where we take our top five list on a particular subject, vote it down to a top three, debate that top three down to a top one, a number one, or as it will be called today, the top finisher in the business. Ooh, that's right, baby. The top finishers. Oh, yeah, daddy. We're going to get funky like a monkey. Working fans podcast. We back, baby. We back. Now, let's give Randy the top slot because he was one of the earliest ones to get back to us on this list, correct? You're damn right. Do you got Randy? Because I got Randy, too. <laughs> no, you got Randy. I saw it on your oh, list. Right, I, right. I was serving up that softball for you to oh, knock out the park. shit. I was not prepared for that. I thought, oh, this motherfucker thinks he's got Randy. <laughs> but how many lists had to die before you realized you had a problem keeping up with this? Just two. All right. <laughs> All right, Randy's list. He's got HBK Superkick, Austin Stunner, CM Punk's GTS, DDP's Diamond Cutter, and Scott Hall's Razor's Edge. Solid, great list. I'll tell you what I like out of those lists. For me personally... I'm mad I didn't put the GTS on my list. You know what? For me personally, I like the Razor's Edge, and I'll tell you why. Because I think it's the most devastating maneuver out of those. Like, it looks the most... Like, he's dropping him on his head from way up and on his neck. To me, I think the Edge is actually a more devastating version of the Powerbomb, even though I have a soft spot, as I'll find out on my list later, for the Powerbomb. You know, although truly great finisher, as Steve Austin said once, you got to be able to pull it out anywhere, right? And that Razor's Edge, I mean, the guy can't see where he's falling, so... You know, on it other ones, yeah, you might be able to brace yourself more, but that, you're just getting killed by it. Yeah, but not everybody can pull that off. You know, like, Razor Ramon can pull it off. He's a big, strong dude. Yeah. Now, the first list I got for everybody is Scott from Voluntown. He's got Kenta Kobashi's Burning Hammer because it was a move that was so devastating. Yeah. Like, when you pulled it out, you knew the match was over. Stan Hansen's Lariato. Lariato! Which was, eventually, he passed it on to Satoshi Kojima, who... Former conti- yeah, MLW Heavyweight Champion? Too? Yep. Continued okay. to make it famous. Mr. Perfect's Perfect Plex. 
Tetsuya Naito's Destino, and Hiroki Goto's GTR. Best perfect plex I ever saw was, it wasn't even a perfect plex then, but it was him in WCW. So the cradle suplex, the fisherman suplex. Fisherman suplex. Yeah, he hit that on Big Show at a WCW event I actually went to. I want to say it was Worcester, Mass. Also, by the way, the first time I ever saw the fisherman suplex was Harley Race in WWE right before he became King Harley Race. Oh, wow. A little dropping a little K-bomb on you. A little knowledge, son, because I'm an old man who's seen a lot of wrestling. With that in mind, let's go to Mike Flynn, who also has the stunner, the yes lock, which is technically, by the way, the Judo Gene LaBelle, the LaBelle lock, but more famously known as the yes lock now. The one wing, one wing angel, Kenny Omega, obviously. Stormbreaker by Will Ospreay. And a scorpion death drop. He said, I always liked the way Sting delivered it. I thought it looked really devastating. I'm going to agree with that on this list, too. Man, there's a lot of good moves over here. I really like that one wing angel. Almost like Hall, like I was saying earlier. It looks really devastating. And to me, it's really amazing. Even though I don't think it's a move you can pull out anywhere, like, Kenny probably doesn't get enough credit, like, the, how strong he actually is to pull this move off. Yeah, and that's one where when he hits it, I mean, the match is usually over after that. And that's not something that happens nowadays with a lot of finishers. Some guys' yes. finishers turn almost into, like, a signature move or something that they got to hit one or two times. And yeah. one-winged angel, usually when he hits that, it's good night. Yeah, protected finisher. Now, the next list I got for you is from Jake St. John, author, friend of the show. He's got Sid Vicious's Powerbomb, the Taz Mission by Taz, Daniel Bryan's Yes Lock, Stan Hansen's Lariat, Steve Austin's Stunner, and I'll be damned if the Jake rule isn't in effect. Jake Roberts and Raven using the DDT. And anyone using the ankle lock. Yeah, I talked to him about that list. Uh, Sid's powerbomb. We were both marks for that at the time. Just love Sid's look. He's a guy that I don't know necessarily, like, obviously he didn't hold up, much like my Ultimate Warrior. But, like, back in the day, like, the intensity, the look, I was a huge fan of. Powerbomb looked like it would fuck you up the way he dropped you. Oh, yeah, and sometimes the way he did drop you, it probably did fuck you yeah. up. Now, I do want to point out, too, one common thing we're seeing. I'm, I don't, I'll, spoiler, I don't have this move on my list, but... I'll be damned if it's not making everybody's list. The stunner. Yeah, I mean, the Attitude Era was a big time in a lot of our wrestling fandom. It's iconic, too. Yeah, and it's not like Hogan's leg drop where it's iconic, but it might not necessarily be devastating. You get hit with that stunner, you're done. He's done it to Donald Trump. He did it to the President of the United States. I mean, come on. Former president of the United States, thank God. Well, hey, now we don't want to put our political views on here, you know. You don't have AJ here, you say that. He'll talk to you. <laughs> Listen now. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I was going to get to AJ's list because even though he wasn't here, he made sure to get us a list. All right, baby. All right. And, uh, You're taking two in a row here. That's all right. Go yeah, ahead. I'm just going to say it because there's one on here that I don't want to read, but I, I got to fucking do it. I know, because you asked me to hand you a list, and I gave you that list. So we, he's got the Vader power bomb. Yeah. And I want to point out, too, in his list, because we're going to see how bad it gets, and you're going to give the Vader power bomb a pass. Vader power bomb also actually broke a preliminary wrestler's back named Joe Thurman. Continue on, please. <laughs> we got D'Lo Brown's running power bomb. Example, what he did to Darren Drozdov. He broke Darren Drozdov's neck. If you haven't seen the theme of AJ's list here. We got Steve Williams' Oklahoma Stampede. The one list I can't actually pick out a legitimate injury happened to, I bet you AJ has a story. He's got the Benoit Crippler crossface. We know what that man did. And... Yeah, I know. All right. This motherfucker. This motherfucker. Who's I'm gonna take. About- a, I'm gonna take a sip of water for this because I'm yeah. so trepidatious. This is why he didn't show up. He didn't want to read this list. Mm-hmm. Remember, and the reviews of this do not. 
necessarily reflect the Working Fans podcast as a whole. Producer yeah, Joe I'm, and Amanda Call I, Dave do not. I'm saying this, but I don't endorse it at all. <laughs> yes. Vince McMahon stadium ceiling drop example Kemper Arena. Yes, AJ making an Owen. Now I will say this: AJ's trying to be funny. He's trying to be controversial. He is a big Owen Hart fan. But is this the same man who ruled out that we should not have the good pussy bit anymore? And I'm not gonna, out of respect to AJ, I'm not gonna I mention any further. I stopped saying it because I got yelled at for it. I just want to point out this man's psychotic nature of what he finds offensive and what he doesn't. Now that being said, Bukaki on the table. Good mention, pussy bit out. Yeah, he did. Kemper Arena ceiling drop in. It is Who knows it is. what's out next? Yeah. <laughs> so that being said, we've taken enough time to bury well, him. Well, I, I will uh, hold on. Let me. I do want to say this. So I buried him, but I'll give him credit on one thing. I actually debated going this, but I knew he had to move on his list, so I want to be a little different. That Doctor Death, Steve Williams, Oklahoma Stampede, amazing finish. The power it takes to like pick up some of the guys he picked up and run all the way back and forth to the ring yep. in each corner, and then hit the power slam. Super devastating. Again, though, even though it's like one of my favorite favorite moves, I love the moves. Look devastating. Not everybody can pull that off. No, I mean Jim Ross puts over the Oklahoma Stampede a lot. He puts over Steve Williams. So thank yeah. God there was one actual move on his list. <laughs> yes. All right. I got Jesse from New Hampshire. That's right. I'm reading his list this week. I got Styles Clash, Matt Hardy's Twist of Fate, Jeff Hardy's Son- Swanton Bomb, Undertaker's Last Ride, and CM Punk's. Pepsi Plunge. Now, Joe, you can correct me on this, but I believe the Pepsi Plunge, which he never used in WWE, was mostly from his Ring of Honor and Independent Days. It was basically a pedigree off the top rope. Yes, it was. Yeah, I so, believe. Which uh, sounds incredibly devastating. I don't. I probably have seen it a few times. It's not ringing a bell right now. Interesting though, he's got both Hardy Boys on here. You can tell the kid must have been a Hardy Boys fan back in the day. Hundred percent. Yeah, I love the Hardy Boys. Undertaker's Last Ride. I actually like it more than the Tombstone because it's just an impressive thing, the way he would pick up people so high for the powerbomb. Yep. He's already tall as it is, and then if you add his wingspan, his reach up there, he's putting them up another 7, 10 inches. Yeah, it's super impressive to watch. Again, I'll continue to point this out about, and I'm guilty of this too, and I think this is one of the reasons why the stunner is going to end up making our list. It's like it's a good move. The stunner is that anybody can almost hit on anybody's size. Now, the last list I got for you is my list. Hold on on a second. I got, counted me, I got three more lists. Oh, geez. (laughs) Why why don't you just catch up? I I doubled up on AJ. I was getting ahead of us now. Yeah, let me uh, me do it here. I got Mikey and Fred from the Facebook page. I cut off that poor guy. (laughs) He's got the pedigree, choke slam, frog splash, tombstone, spear. By the way, because of my sloppy writing and I wrote fast, I almost read that as Tom Stone, who was a preliminary wrestler back in the day in the 80s. Tom Stone, uh, another he's a member of the Burnt Basement. One of Chief's friends. I'm sure is. <laughs> <laughs> I also got Zach in here. The he's real ZSJ. you damn right. He's got Sid's Powerbomb, much like uh, Jake. He's got Hanson's Lariat. He's got specifically RVD's Frog Splash. Also has the Stunner. And I'm really happy he put this on his list. The Doomsday Device. <clears throat> because was there a more devastating looking hold than when Animal would hoist somebody up on the shoulders and Big Man Hawk would clothesline them off their shoulders? It's amazing more people didn't get broken next. It's it's kind of a twofold move because it's a crazy move, one, to take from anybody, but then to take it from the Road Warriors, yeah. that's like double terrifying. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely scary, and I can see why a lot of those enhancement guys did not want to get in the ring and sit when they saw the Road Warriors. Now, Dave... I hate to surprise you, but breaking news. Oh, no. 
My list is next. There we go. I've got Tetsuya Naito's Destino, Jake Roberts' DDT. I also went with the LaBelle lock, Daniel Bryan's Yes lock. I went with Benoit's Crippler Crossface because I'm such a Benoit fan. Sure. And I originally had Vader's Powerbomb because to be powerbombed by a man that size is scary. Mm -hmm. But since we brought up Sid's Powerbomb so much, I thought about how devastating that was. I'm going to replace Vader's with Sid. I think either way, now you're making an argument the Powerbomb should be in our final three. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I have the Frankensteiner because the first time I ever saw Scott Steiner hit that, a man of his size, even though it became commonplace, was just absolutely an amazing He sight. still pulls it off to this day. Still does. Scott Steiner had so many crazy moves. Like he had, like uh, I think they called it like the, the suplex. The, Suplex driver. We basically pick you up like a suplex and turn it into like a tombstone, but still drop you like a regular power. It's insane. The man was such a freak. But I got that on my list. I got Sid's powerbomb as well on my list. As I explained earlier, big Sid Mark. I got Mr. Wonderful Paul Horndorf's power driver. Because that's the first time I saw it. And the way he delivered it, absolutely devastating. I got Jake the Snake's DDT because to me, this was the first time I saw the DDT. And besides Iron Anderson... This is the most protected DDT in the business. When Jake hits you, it was over. And last but not least, I still I stole it straight from Zach. As soon as I saw it, doomsday device. To me, it was absolutely devastating and had to make the list. All right, now we've gotten through all our top fives now. Stunner has got to make it to the top three. It has to. I think the power bomb has to make it. We can call it Sid's power bomb, but it's basically yeah, the power bombs on the list. And put on there. So stunner, power bomb. And I'm looking here. I see Lariat. The Lariat, the, the yes lock makes a couple. It's funny, the yes lock, I think, is the only submission that made our list, by the way. So do you want to give it to the yes lock over the Lariat since they kind of seem about tied? But the submission, I I, I think the yeah. submission is a dangerous move because, I mean, the whole point is to get your Actually, opponent to quit. The, the crossface did make it too, but... I'm going to say that we'll throw Daniel Bryan's yes lock in there because to me, it's good to have a submission hold, you know, in this final three. And it's also obeying, you know, the rules. Like, you can kind of hook that move on most people, too. Yes. You know? so it's a, And it's a legitimate hold. It's a legitimate submission hold that he learned from a legitimate badass in Judo Gene LaBelle, a guy who trained Chuck Norris. I mean, what else do you need to hear? Yeah, so now we got our top three. Stunner, Powerbomb, yes lock. Mm. So... All right, so we start looking at this now here. This is one of the first times I think that the last one in isn't going to be the first one to go because be. the yes lock, I mean, we just put over how devastating it's it legitimate, is. And I'm going to kick out the power bomb because even though it's devastating, I think when you're looking at hooking on everybody, not everybody can use that power bomb like Sid and Vader could. Yeah, smaller guys can put on smaller guys, but, you know, I mean... To me, you would have to have an incredible amount of strength as a smaller right. guy to Eddie put Guerrero's that on. Eddie not going to be able to put that on Sid or Vader. Well, an no, not anymore. Well, no, obviously he's dead. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. He was the first guy to pop. Eddie Guerrero has an, uh, had an awesome power bomb too. Once in a while, he'd break out. Eddie could do everything though. But anyway, so, <laughs> so power getting, bombs out. Yeah. So getting down to the stunner and the yes lock. Okay. So here's the deal. The yes lock is more legitimate, right? And I love legitimacy in pro wrestling, but guys i can understand i mean it's iconic it's the reason why everybody had it on the votes how do we not put steve austin stunner over here i was gonna say if if we were talking actual fighting oh yeah and, that lock would be, and yeah. that's why like maybe it's just like our new role as commentators that i'm viewing moves and you almost want to put over the more legitimate looking ones 
Yes, Locke is good, but I mean, Steve Austin, far more over. Yeah. That move, how big was the stunner? He put it on everybody. Yeah. And fans, I this week. We got a winner. Yes. Yeah, it's a stone cold stunner, son. You sorry sons of bitches. <laughs> That's the bottom line because the Working Fans Podcast said so. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at FansWorking. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 